Today we continue our series about things that steal our joy if we let them. Last week, Pastor Luke started the series by talking about worry, a topic that, that he shared he can identify with uh, personally, and certainly we can all relate to that. And today's theme is something else that we can all relate to, I'm sure. And for many of us, this is a regular process that is ongoing, dealing with bitterness. Bitterness is more than the flash of anger we feel when we have been hurt unfairly. It's the anger that we have held on to until it has gained power to hold on to us. It's an old wound that has never healed, but instead has become infected and inflamed. Anger allowed to linger will turn into bitterness, and bitterness can steal your joy. We all face circumstances that have the potential to leave us feeling bitter. How we choose to respond will make a big difference. In particular, I want to talk about the movement from bitterness to forgiveness. It's a shift in our hearts, our heads, and our conduct. Understanding this shift and doing your part to make it happen, that's the way to overcome bitterness and stop it from stealing your joy. There's a saying you've probably heard before, out with the old and in with the? Yes, in with the new. Here we are at the start of a new year. 2018 was on its way out and is now behind us. 2019 has begun, out with the old and in with the new. That's true for more than just our calendar. It can also apply to what's inside us, at the deepest part of who we are, the state of our souls. Our scripture reading tells us we are to put off our old self and put on the new self, out with the old and in with the new. Here's what that means. Stuff can build up inside us that causes spiritual decay and corruption. This is the unhealthy stuff, the stuff that we, we just really need to let go of, but we have a tendency to hold on to it. And God is calling us to take what's inside us that's being corrupted, what Paul calls uh, our old self, and instead to be made new in the attitude of our minds. We've been created to be like God in, in true righteousness and holiness, yet there are things around us or maybe within us that don't give life to our souls, but actually take it away. Our reading for today mentions one of those destructive forces, bitterness and its remedy. Paul says, get rid of all bitterness Rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. you know, all of us carry uh, some burden that makes life difficult. We bear the pain 
of something we have done or something that has been done to us. Uh, maybe we grew up with a parent who was overly critical and demeaning, even ab abusive, perhaps. And though he or she may no longer uh, be around us regularly, may live far away, or no longer even be living at all, those painful words and actions still have a crippling effect on how we think about life and how we feel about ourselves. It could be a coworker who cheated us, a spouse who betrayed us, a child who rejected our love and walked out of our lives, or someone we hardly know who has spread vicious rumors about us. A senseless act of violence or carelessness has left us scarred. And nobody goes through this world without getting hurt and hurt deeply. If we don't deal with our wounds honestly, whether we know it or not, they remain within us. Even if it happened a long time ago, the effects continue. If we don't deal with our pain, if we don't forgive, if we let our wounds turn into bitterness, a root of bitterness is placed within our hearts. And there have been times when I've been extremely bitter towards someone and have sort of held on to that and for a while was kind of trying to trick myself into thinking, yeah, I'm really doing this person harm. Like, I'm really hurting this person by holding on to these negative thoughts toward that person. Like, I'm really, really getting back, you know, sticking it to them. And then it occurred to me, in reality, guess who's really hurting? Guess, guess who, who it is? Who's, who's really being soul depleted by this? It's me. I'm the one. I'm the one who's being consumed. And that's how bitterness can work. Uh, it can create a, an angry spirit that will not only harm you, but eventually injure the people you love. And so God tells us bitterness, rage, and anger, malice, all that stuff, get rid of it. Get rid of it all. And the Greek word here is very forceful. Pull up those things. Remove them from your heart. Don't let them take root and grow there. I spent five years uh, living in Dallas, Texas. There, I learned a lot of things. I learned just how intense the fan base of the Dallas Cowboys actually is. <laughs> Lots of excited uh, people in and around Dallas today because of the Cowboys playoff win yesterday. I also learned that in that climate, which is much drier and hotter than the one we have here, for things to grow, they have to be deeply rooted. I had some unsuccessful planting attempts in my Dallas garden. <laughs> the roots just weren't deep enough and strong enough to grow like I had hoped they would. But isn't it ironic that often what grows so easily is the stuff we don't want? The weeds. How can it be, uh, how, how easy it can be you know, for, for the, the weeds to take root? I mean, you don't want this stuff, and yet it just kind of comes and grows, in some cases, really spreads. 
It's the last thing that you want, though, in your garden or your yard. Uh, when I lived in Dallas, I met regularly with a group of friends from school. We made a commitment to meet together so uh, we could encourage one another in our faith. And we met weekly for years and built close bonds with one another. And that experience was such a great picture for me of God's vision for the church. People sharing life together in all the joys and all the challenges and praying for one another and supporting one another. We became brothers in Christ. I can't fully describe how meaningful and and spiritually life-giving that group was. But what I can say is connecting with others and developing relationships like that is what God wants the church to be about. Well, during one of our conversations, a friend of mine used a gardening analogy. He said, I think of the soul as a garden and how easily the bad stuff can grow there. Temptation, sin, and fear can take root like weeds. And then he added, I'm becoming more aware that there are things in my life, attitudes, motives, ways of speaking and acting that don't bear good fruit and need to be uprooted. And the rest of us looked at him like, what is wrong with you? Like, are you, no, I'm just kidding. We could, of course, identify. Of course we could identify. Everybody, I think, can identify with that kind of sentiment. And Paul tells us, get rid of all that stuff. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, and slander, along with every form of malice. Get rid of those things, or they will sap your strength and rob your joy. That's how bitterness works. It has the power to poison your relationships with others. Unchecked, it can harden your heart toward God. It can destroy your soul. But it doesn't have to be that way. Recently, a friend of mine shared some words on on social media, of all places, that I just think really speak to every one of us, wherever we may be in life right now. And here's what she wrote. I have a lot of anger and bitterness in my heart today. So I went for a long walk. The cold wind helped me wake up a little. I struggle with my kids not doing what I want. Don't they see? We know what's right. (laughs) LOL, she wrote. But really, I struggle with comparison. My kids don't get straight A's. They don't excel at three different sports. They aren't invited to different kids' houses every weekend for sleepovers. Don't get me wrong, they do have friends. We struggle with how to parent them. We have a kid who has special needs, who needs parented differently, and sometimes that isn't fair to the others. I'm worried about their futures. But as I sit here with tears in my eyes, I know who holds their futures, and it isn't me. They're God's children, not mine. I'm just their guidance, their protector, here to love them for a short time. If they don't get straight A's and into a private school and a full scholarship, it doesn't matter in the big scheme of things. What does matter? They are kind, they are compassionate, they care for other people and ask how they are doing. What's building in their hearts and their character 
is what is far more important. Would the other things be nice? Sure. But that doesn't define them. I would rather have them care for others and build others up than bring home an A. When it comes time for us to give an account of our lives, our character will matter more. And then she ended, maybe I should take more walks. We all face circumstances that could leave us feeling bitter. How do you deal with the bitterness in your heart? For my friend, it was taking a time out by going on a walk. That gave her the space and perspective she needed to see things clearly and let go of her anger and bitterness. How will you respond when bitterness confronts you? You know it's going to happen. What are you going to do? How will you react? My friend is right in pointing to what really matters, our character, treating people with kindness and compassion. In the words of our scripture reading for this morning, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. We don't have to let bitterness take root in our hearts. We can move from bitterness to forgiveness. God will help us do that. Forgiveness is our greatest need. It's why Jesus came, to be our Savior, to save us from our sins and forgive us so we can love and forgive others. We all need forgiveness. A woman named Margarita Lasky, a well-known atheist, once made this startling statement on television. She said, what I envy about you Christians is your forgiveness. And then she added rather sadly, I have no one to forgive me. Jesus offers everybody the total forgiveness that heals us and sets us free. And he calls us to forgive others as he has forgiven us. Of course, we don't always get it right and we don't always forgive as we should. But as C.S. Lewis has observed, to be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. Jesus loves you with an everlasting love. The sacrificial, redemptive love of Jesus makes it possible for you and me to move from bitterness to forgiveness. Bitterness divides and destroys. Forgiveness unites and restores. In this same passage, Paul describes what that means for how we live our daily lives, our words and our actions and in particular, focusing on our words, he says this. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Amazing, powerful words. Jesus says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. That means a heart of bitterness is going to lead to bitter and destructive words. And I know this to be true 
in my own life experiences, and those who are closest to me know that when I have bitterness that has taken root into my heart, when I reach that point, it's going to come out in what I say and, and how I say things. Maybe not publicly or in a pastoral context, but certainly the people closest to me, they know, what's wrong, what's wrong with you? Why are you so, let this go, right? Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, so when we've got that bitterness taking up space in our hearts, it's, it's going to come out in how we speak. But the converse is also true. A heart at peace, a heart of joy. And joy is more than a, a passing feeling. It's a deep way of being for our souls. A heart of joy and peace produces words that build others up. In your words, do you build others up? We have the opportunity right now to commit together or recommit ourselves to doing our part to move from bitterness to forgiveness and to being the kind of people who connect with others and build them up. That's what God intends his church to be. In our world today, there's a lot of bitterness. There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of uncertainty and volatility. What an exciting time to be the church. I mean, think about it. What an exciting time to be the church of Jesus Christ. The renewal we all need, spiritual, cultural, personal, societal renewal, is not going to come from the top down. It's not going to come from our government. It's not going to come from our denominations. The renewal we all need starts at the local level and spreads from there. It starts in the heart. Revitalization starts in local churches and local communities and in the hearts of God's people like you and me. At a time when increasing numbers of people are no longer connected in a church or even know what church is, it has never been more important for today's church to learn how, once again, to go to meet people where they are instead of expecting them to come on their own to church. It's imperative for today's church to reclaim its original apostolic mission as in biblical times. And that means we're sent by God. What are we sent to do? What are we sent to, to offer? This is what we have to offer. Our neighbors, our family members, our friends, those around us. This is what we have to offer. Christ's forgiveness that heals our wounds and helps us overcome our bitterness. And Christ's love that sets us free, that makes all things new. God sends us into our community and world to share the light of Jesus. So it's not enough for us just to sit back and bemoan the state of our society. It's not enough just to sit and point at the problem. God sends us out to carry the light and love of Jesus into a dark and hurting world. This is the mindset that we're increasingly living into here at Spry Church. But the only way we can experience the full potential of this mindset is if we live into it together. The way forward will be how we decide to be 
with the people right in front of us and all around us today. Now is our time. In the weeks ahead, you'll hear more about what this means for Spry Church and specifically how we can all live into this reality. But I want to ask you now, will you join me? Will you join me in making this vision the priority it needs to be for us as God's people today? The first thing I want to ask you to do is to join me in daily prayer at 5.17 a.m. or p.m., I'm throwing the PM option in there for those who aren't early risers. Uh, some of you may remember, there's a verse in the Bible, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, so 5, 17, that tells us two words, simple but powerful words. Pray continually. Pray continually. So for 2019, all year long, every day, I'm asking you to join me in this prayer each day at 5.17 a.m. or p.m. It's printed in your, in your bulletin, the GPS as well. Lord, help us to make more connections with new people. Let's say that aloud together. Lord, help us to make more connections with new people. Now, come on, say it like you mean it. Lord. Help us to make more connections with new people. There is power in prayer. I know that to be true. This year, will you join me in that prayer? Because prayer is the way for us to move personally from bitterness to forgiveness. Prayer is the way for us to move together, closer to God, and deeper in our faith so we can know the peace of Christ and reach out to our neighborhoods, our community, your county, and wherever God sends us to share with our world that's desperate for good news that there is healing and wholeness. There is forgiveness and salvation. There is lasting joy and peace for everybody in Jesus our Lord. Let's pray. And I invite you, as your head is bowed, to put your hand over your heart and let that be a sign to the Lord that you're devoting yourself, your heart, your life fully to him this year. He will honor that commitment. Lord, You've made us not for bitterness and anger, but for peace and joy. Search our hearts. Help us get rid of all that should not be there. Fill us with your forgiveness and your love. We dedicate ourselves, each of us, to you. Come, Holy Spirit. Send us out into the world to share with others your kindness and compassion that they may truly connect with you, Jesus, and find life in your name. And now we pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
Jesus this day.